0: vengeance is the Lord's it's never ours and it's part of surrender can I give the rough edges of my life to God do I trust him when I cannot trace him when injustice comes my way when I am treated poorly when I do not deserve the accusations that I get can I trust him with those rough edges that the judge of all the earth will do right.
1: Welcome to the Breaking Chains podcast, where we are unified in God's word, reaching, teaching, strengthening, and nurturing both those who know Jesus and those who are shackled in bondage, looking for freedom through the blood of Christ. I'm your host, Philip Skeens, here to share with you today what the Lord has put on my heart that will prayerfully help each of you in your own special way. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Breaking Chains podcast. We are coming at you today from the upper room of Rush Church. That's what we've called it, and I think the name's kind of stuck. So I am here today with uh, Pastor Robert Wyatt. Pastor, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Tired from work, but
2: we'll we'll get through.
1: Yeah, it's a... uh, it's early in the afternoon on a Wednesday, and uh, school was today.
2: Yeah, I was late coming here for this. By, by like 15 minutes, I got harassed by, the, by, by you, Phil, and our special guest today. <laughs>
1: well, speaking of our special guest today, uh, my good friend Kay, but I do want you to say your name. Only because I want to say what the meaning of the name is because I love it. Oh, And
2: you just don't want to butcher it on on, on the air. That too.
1: (laughs) Kay, how are you?
0: I'm good, I think.
1: (laughs) We are absolutely thrilled that you're here with us to do this uh, show today because... The show theme and the concept of the show originated from a uh, Saturday morning that uh, uh, Saturday morning men's group that we were all in, and from some of the words that came out of your mouth. So I won't get into that yet, but uh, hey, just give us a little bit of background first. Your name.
0: Oluwakunle Ojewali.
1: And that first name, and you told me one one Sunday morning. But the first name has a meaning. All names have a meaning, but your first name has a meaning that means the Lord fills the house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I just I love that. And when I think about what it, when I think about if my name was what your name is, and I think about the lord fills this house this temple kind of gives me chills um but i can't change my name so (laughs) my friend kay and and robert i guess he's your friend too so yeah uh, yeah you're hogging (laughs) (laughs) him. um you come to us from a background of media and you work for the bbc correct
0: that was many years ago. Yes, yes. Mm. I did other things as well, but um, that stood out.
1: And you, you were the, you told me before we were talking that you were the, the research. You were in charge. Of, you did research.
0: I did research for the babies for over twenty years.
1: Yeah, that's uh, and and I said, I said so. That's when they actually give news on facts. <laughs> instead of opinions um which led in a, another discussion but um just I, w- I won't steal your thunder but just kind of give us a little bit of background on on
0: K well first of all i don't have any thunder that you can steal so <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> I'm the one who steals. I steal Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> Only when they're left behind. Yeah, Just and not Robert, he, he hid his, so there's there's nothing to steal. Um, I, I think I um, wrote a little bio for you. Um, my impression was that you were going to read it, but... Um, I, I, I took born... some notes um,
1: okay. on, on some of the scriptures and things, hmm. but... Um, But just before you, um, really just a little bit of your background, and then we'll talk about how you kind of came here uh, from your bio.
0: Okay. Well, I was born on a Sunday, March the 5th, 1961, to Lawrence and Victoria. Ojewale those were my parents I went through the normal run of school if you're a Nigerian going to school was just a given
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: I believe I started school before I was age 3 and I went wow. through the normal run of school graduated in 1980 from the University of Ibadan and um, I picked up employment with Radio Nigeria that was my first ever um employment it was continuity announcer the job of a continuity continuity announcer with the um, with radio nigeria um then i did other things right yeah um i um came to know the lord in 1979 i was preparing for an exam it's called the hsc mm mm-hmm. I was, I was in my father's living room, and all of a sudden, I remembered the words of a song by Wanda Jackson. It says, Lord, I know I just can't make it by myself. I know I can't do anything without your help. Mm. My faith is weak, and I need you to help me stand. Don't ever let go of my hand. And I started crying. Wow. And when I was done crying, I don't know, it it seemed like an interminable period of time. But when I was done crying, I could swear that there was something, that somebody performed an operation on me, (laughs) that my insides got scooped out. And something totally different replaced what was scooped out. I knew that there was a definite change in my life. Now, for someone like me, that was a little problematic because I had never been a bad boy. I was right. a good child. I, I listened. You never had to tell me anything twice. I remember my first foray with trouble was to take my father's car keys because I saw the driver Drive all the time. So I I thought, yeah, I can do this. I got in the car and I drove the car straight into the fence Mm. of the house. And my father said to me, my disappointment is that you did not trust me. That was all he had to say. I felt like he passed a death sentence on me. Mm. So I was that kind of child. I started singing in the choir when I was five. I was just a generally good boy. So for me, that experience in 1979 was a strange one. I went to church. I went to retreat camps. I was in the boys' brigade. I did everything right. So salvation for me was not necessary. Mm -hmm. But God determined that there was something missing in my life. I got scooped out and he replaced what he scooped out with himself in me and i knew that there was a difference and that was the beginning of um my christian journey
1: that's awesome mm. well, that's awesome you uh you came to the um to the states in 2007 is that right
0: permanently uh, i had been coming ministering with um The Mountain of Fire Miracles Ministries in Maryland since 2000. But my family joined me in 2007. I would come and I would leave after a couple of
1: months.
0: But in 2007, my family joined me. I had gone ahead of them in, I want to say, 2005. But my my family joined in 2007. So, yes, we became a family in the United States in 2007.
2: I was still in high school. <laughs>
1: I wasn't. <laughs> we, we, we always have to talk about this age difference between Robert and I. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's almost unbelievable. Ari was going on three at the time. I look at him now, he looks like a mine mountain. <laughs> you know, and it was.
1: And then you came to Youngstown in 2011.
0: 2011. The very day that I turned 50, we arrived here.
1: And I don't have this, I don't have this scripted, and I, don't, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I just feel to talk about this building that we're in has a special place with you. Mhm. Right. Yeah. Um and and you I, th- I don't know if you were serious or if you were joking but you're like, "Now I know why God brought me to Youngstown in 2011." But just real quick tell the story about this what this building that we're sitting in means to you cuz I th- I think it's another great story.
0: Well, f- first off My my nationality, my original nationality is Nigerian. My parents are Nigerians. They met in England, they married. We were born there. We went back to Nigeria to study. There are three major ethnic groups in Nigeria. The Igbos, the Hausas, and the Yorubas. I am Yoruba. The Yoruba culture tracks very, very significantly with the Jewish culture. We did things that were very, very similar. So I I became acculturated with the Jewish culture a long, long, long time ago. And when I became a Christian, I always supported, you know, the Jewish cause. So anytime and everywhere I found anything Jewish, it just grabbed my heart. So I remember... Every time that I would drive by this building, when it became empty, I would pray every time. I live about 10 minutes away from here. Mm-hmm. So I frequented this traffic all the time. And I would pray and ask God, Lord, let it not be another Jewish community coming into this place. Let, it be, let this building be meaningful for a change. Let Christians come in here. And one day I remember saying, Lord, if if you want me to sell my house and to put a down payment on this building, I will do it. And the next thing that I see is a sign out front, (laughs) Rush. And I had been to Rush before. I don't know if you remember, I saw you. It was a Friday Bible study. You don't remember.
1: Oh he remembers you
0: yeah i I saw you I remembered everybody actually
2: <laughs> i I'm sorry i i there <laughs> my brain does not cope with faces I, uh, unless I meet them like multiple times
0: I, I think at the time somebody said something about you being in the choir. I said this guy can't sing <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't sing well,
0: you remember <laughs> you, you, what do, were you once in the choir? No, oh, okay, I was well, never in oh, the choir. Maybe something, no, about
2: one, no one wants me in the choir. <laughs>
0: maybe someone saying something about you singing loud.
2: Yes, in, that, that's probably okay, me. That's that's singing what loud. That, that seems more
1: like me, yeah, <laughs> singing loud from the congregation mm-hmm. because he's not allowed on the platform. Yeah, and
0: I, and I left that day thinking about him and saying, Well, God doesn't mind that he sings off key. <laughs> He's just doing his thing in the presence of the Lord. And it was, it was a joyful thing to see people with care, carefree abandon mm-hmm. in the presence of the Lord. But the name Rush has always been problematic for me. What are, what are you rushing to do? You know, what's Rush? But anyhow, I saw that, and I remember that I had been to Rush Church before, and I said, could it be the same church? What are the odds that, you know, there will be two different churches named, Rush. you know, Rush. So this Sunday, my son was with me. He had come to visit from England. I said, we're going to rush. So we got here. And the lady that greeted me introduced herself as one of the people who closed the deal on this property. (laughs) So I knew that we did not come to church by chance. Right. So that's my story about this place. It was the building that invited me. Not you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I, just, I just love the story because we always talk about the incredible nature of how God orchestrates things in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we think back to you know, the beginning of breaking chains and what it's become since then. And just how God orchestrated all the little intertwinings of, of this ministry. And then to hear, you know, just a story like that. And and this building, the first time I heard you talk, you tell that story about this building, it just puts a smile on my face. Um, because of the way the Lord works, it's just mm-hmm. you know, it just never ceases to amaze um our our my mind. Your um thanks for sharing that. A couple couple things, your favorite scripture, I always ask this, and yours um Isaiah fifty three one. Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Why, why that one?
0: Isaiah 53 is very theologically dense. And um, it is about the suffering servant. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. If you're a Jew, you don't read Isaiah 53 from Isaiah 53. You read it from Isaiah 52 because it's a a continuing narrative. But as someone who had been in the media, it begins with a report. Mm -hmm. Who has believed our report? And he seems to be answering his own question by saying, the one who believes our report is the one to whom the arm of the Lord is revealed. In other words, there has to be a revelation before you can believe. Remember that this is a salvation message brought on by someone who suffered, died vicariously for mankind. So when it begins with, who has believed our report? he's saying the one who believes our report will be the one to whom the arm of the Lord is revealed. Why is that important for me? It is important because in Psalms chapter 8, it begins with, O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent your name is in all the earth. When I look at your heavens, And all the things that you have created, it says you created them with what? Your fingers. All right? Mm -hmm. Your fingers. In other words, God is saying that the material universe was created by the fingers of the Lord. But when it came to man's salvation, the arm of the Lord had to be revealed. All right? Mm -hmm. The arm of the Lord is revealed in salvation, which tells me that your salvation and mine is more important to God than the things that he created with Hmm. his fingers. Jesus did not come to die for the trees and for the universe. He came to die for real people. That shows you how much value we have. And that is why looking at Ephesians, it talks about power, the power that raised Christ from the dead. We would use power as power, as, you know, in English language. But that's not the way it's rendered in the scriptures. Every form of power known to man was expended by God in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're talking dynamis, you're talking Isquos, you're talking Enegeo, you're talking Kratos. All of it is there. That's why the Bible says, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Hmm. This is my favorite season. Uh, Passion Week, that's my favorite season of the year. When we talk about Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. It just makes you tear up. Well, it Mm -hmm. makes me tear up. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Could be my new favorite scripture. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. by adoption. (laughs) By adoption. (laughs) Um. Favorite book, Romans, and uh, we're going to talk about some Roman scripture today uh, when we talk about um, the subject of today's show. But the one last thing I want to talk about, and then we'll we'll move on, is I ask you, what do you want from God? And your answer was God himself.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want anything from God except for God himself. And uh, I don't have words to say what that I don't have the words to say what that um, to put that into any other context because there is no other context other than I want God himself.
0: God does not have to do anything else for me. He's done enough. God put himself in harm's way to see me come to the cross. Mm-hmm. He owes me absolutely nothing. I owe him my entire life. Has he done great things for me? Absolutely. But I don't need any more things from God. Right. But I will always need him. hmm I owe him. My entire life belongs to him. Um, that's why the topic today is a very, very personal one for me. Um, because to my shame, I can say that I have given him all. Right. When he died, he did this. Totalista. It is finished. I've done everything that needs to be done mm-hmm. for you. So he doesn't have to give me the next thing. Right. But I will always need him.
1: Amen to that. Oh thanks for sharing. Um uh, our brother Kay and uh I've only had the pleasure of knowing uh this man for Maybe ten months, maybe not even that—nine months. Because um, our first Sunday here was Easter Sunday. Is that the first week we were in this building? Yes. It was Easter Sunday, and uh, I'm blessed to have gotten to know you, um, and consider you a, a brother and and a friend. And I always enjoy talking with you, and I, I think today's going to be exciting, uh, because of just what you said of of the story and the, the topic of today's show. Man, it's hard to believe we've almost been in this building for a year now. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Passion Week's coming.
2: I know. Yeah. Jesus, time, Jesus, Jesus is coming again. <laughs> time flies when you're
0: having fun. Uh, it's coming again.
1: It's... Uh, Time, they say time flies when you're having fun and mm-hmm. it's just it's been I I can't tell you what a blessing this past year has been being here and I say it all the time but I truly mean it um, a blessing to be brought here and with the people that's here and a part of this uh, ministry and the great people and what God's doing um, you know like you I don't deserve anything else. I don't, mm-hmm. God doesn't owe me anything, right? But he continues to bless us. And this has just been an absolute blessing from God. Mm. And uh, I can't thank him enough.
0: And you know, it's all the most significant way you consider how this property is fully paid for. Yes. Mm. We don't have, this church does not have the burden of a mortgage. That's right. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing because that's the way God always wants it. Mm-hmm. We're not beholden to any financial institution. There is the freedom to do the things that God has called the church to yes. when you don't owe. You can fulfill your mandate.
1: Yes. Um, it's incredible to see God's hand in my church back home and I won't go into the story today, but they they decided not to go to the bank right mm. pray to God, rely on God, here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it. follow the league of the Lord, and they built um for i think when they started the the project was the four and a half million dollar church that never seen a banknote against the property and and the story that pastor chuck lawrence tells and hopefully we get him on a podcast to tell the story but i just because of because of what you said i want to say this but the money that was used to build the church if they would have went to the bank and had to pay the back with interest they've taken that money and and planted over 500 churches across the globe you know most a lot of those in africa um 500 churches because we built the building debt-free not from a bank but relying on god and and god you know just he supplied the needs don't know where it all came from we know where it came from the source was god but you know it just it just came but that's what you said, right? The, yeah, it's the things always, that you can do for the ministry and the church and yeah. God's kingdom hmm. when, you're, when you don't have that debt overhanging.
0: Mm-hmm. It's always in the house. Um, if, if someone says to you that they, they received a vision from the Lord and the provision does not follow that vision, you have a good reason to question that vision. The provision always follows the vision. Hmm. When God tells you to do something, He backs it up by providing you everything that's necessary to bring that vision to pass. Yes. If the provision does not follow the vision, it's not a vision from God, usually. And we just think that the greatest idea, we just default to go into asking a bank to finance projects so that the things that should be used, the financial resources that can be used in the house of God, go to the bank by way of profits, which the banks make because they really don't care. Um, It's in the house. The question is, will God's people be faithful with what he has given them and contribute so that the work of God is done?
1: Into that. Hmm. The title of today's show. But before I get there, we have announcements today. Potluck Sundays this week. Yeah, potluck Sundays this Sunday.
2: Uh, yummy food. Yes. Um, gonna be a lot of meatballs this time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I. I. I'm. I'm always one of the last people because I don't feel like I should be first. Uh, So I let everybody else go. And then there's people at the church that make these awesome meatballs. And he didn't get any last month. I didn't
1: get any last month. And I was 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 kind of heartbroken. I was sitting at his table and he was kind of heartbroken a little bit. Mm. (laughs) And then, uh, but yeah.
2: Uh breaking changes this Friday. I know uh Delaney and I have been talking about certain things like planning Kennywood, thinking thinking yes. thinking uh some other things and uh 'cause you didn't get to go to Kennywood last year cause, uh no. you got it's the virus. The virus. I have
0: never really stayed for potluck. I guess I've never been potlucky.
1: <laughs> You're missing a lot of good food, Kay. And a good time. It's it's really a good time. I mean, the food's great, but it's just the the fellowship and and people stay and stick around and eat and talk and um, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Break bread together and you know get to know some people um, that you may not necessarily know or, or eat with some people that you don't not that you don't necessarily know very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great and um, it's just a great blessing. So this yep. sunday. Come hungry, stay.
2: <laughs> yep. But yeah, we'll get we'll get those announcements once I talk to you guys about uh all that stuff with breaking chains and all that stuff first before I send it out to the world and also clear it with the future wife cuz that's
1: always a a good thing. See, he's learning. He's learning. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to teach him.
0: <laughs> yeah, you won't be sleeping on the couch.
1: Yes. <laughs> Okay, um, today's show is titled, for everybody that loves titles, I Surrender Some. And this show came to me, and I'll try to make this very brief, because we're already 30 minutes in to this (laughs) podcast, and we've yet to discuss the topic. Um,
0: Don't say I didn't warn you. (laughs) It's good.
1: Uh, That's why they make editing software. Um,
2: This sounds like a (laughs) two-parter.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh,
1: The the show, I Surrender Some, and where this came from is a Saturday morning about a month ago, maybe a little more than that. We were sitting here, and the the topic that... uh, Jim Perfy said, you know, he was talking about legacy and that was the talk. And he said, you know, went around the table and we all talked about what's the legacy that that you want to leave when you when you die and leave this earth. Right. So we all said our piece. And my brother, Kay, was the last one around the table. And he he spoke about a song that was written an old hymn that um i was raised in a baptist church so we sang it as far back as i can remember but the song was i surrender all and we were talking about legacies and and this song came up and the words were you know you you sang it but then when you realized what what you were singing you couldn't sing it no more was that right
0: mm-hmm.
1: because of what the words really say. So I went home that day and normal day and when I sit down that evening, I started thinking about what was said that morning, and I started running through my mind. I surrender all, you know, and and kind of the lyrics of what I could remember of that song. And uh, I was like, we, uh, "This, this word, this the words that Kay spoke spoke to me. Uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me from those words." And I was like, why well, we really don't surrender all. What does it even mean to surrender all? Does people know what it's what it means? Do I know what it means to surrender all?" So that's where this came from. And um, today's text, we're going to start out in Romans, my brother's favorite book. Uh, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. You want to read that? I can read that. So it says, I appeal
2: to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice
1: and I'll just kind of start here, and then we can kind of go wherever we're led. We must present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. We cannot be conformed to this world. We have to be transformed by a renewal of our mind, the renewal of our mind. Sorry, tongue twister. But presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Sacrifices were killed and there was bloodshed, you know, under the law of Moses, the Old Testament. That's what we're told. However, a living sacrifice, we have to give our entire body, mind, heart to God, being sincerely devoted to Him. and. that's what we're going to talk about today. And and this this hymn. It was uh, written in eighteen ninety six by a man. And his name was Judson W. Van Van De, Van Deventer.
0: Yeah.
1: And then Win, um Winfield Whedon put the music to it and um, the lyrics. And the hymn, right, became known as I Surrender All. And it's been sung many, many years in churches all across the globe. But when we sing it, and this is what really hit me, when we sing it, because the words to this song really, when you say I surrender all to God, it's not just a normal song. You know, it's saying, I'm confessing that I surrender everything to you, God. So just real quick, um, some of the lyrics, all to Jesus, I surrender all to him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. So it's not this one time we're saying it. We're saying it over and over and over and over. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me Savior, holy thine. Let me fill the Holy Spirit, truly knowing that thou art mine. I surrender all, I surrender
0: all. You know, as I said earlier, I started singing in the choir um, since I was five. Um, So singing was my life. Singing was my family's life. Um, We sang together as family. We would record the songs that we sang, mostly hymns. So I was familiar with I Surrender All. But in 1987, I became the um, director of worship. At my church, it's called um, Household of God Fellowship. Household, Household of God Fellowship was impastored pastored by a man who was both a lawyer and a musician. So he composed most of the worship songs that we used. But periodically, I would inject hymns, because that was my background, mm-hmm. into our worship service, into our song content. And I realized that every time that I did it, the church just caught on fire. People were crying, people were doing all kinds of things. This particular day, it was a Wednesday, a midweek service. And I was playing I surrender all, just like I had done in the past. Since 1987, I believe this was 1994 evening. And the moment I said, all to Jesus I surrender, the rest of it got stuck. And everybody was getting slain. But I was saying, some to Jesus I surrender. Some to him I freely give. I will sometimes love and trust him in his presence, sometimes live. It was like the Lord was standing in front of me and he was saying, you're going to lie to me. Mm-hmm. and say i surrender all now remember i was not miserly i dedicated my life and time to the ministry where i served i i didn't know anything that i was doing that was particularly wrong you know either morally or spiritually but god was standing in front of me and i could not sing i surrender all mm-hmm. I still can't sing it. It makes me very, very uncomfortable. Um, When when I speak to my family, I tell them it's it's become one of the most dangerous songs Mm -hmm. for anyone to raise in church settings or in any kind of Christian setting. Because chances are everyone who's singing that song is lying. Mm -hmm. Everyone who's singing that song is lying. That's right. Examining myself, I am beginning to realize that the closer you get to the presence of God, the more you realize what a worm you are. And at the barest minimum, tell the truth. You are not surrendering all. That's right. You're not surrendering all. What we tend to do is give God the things that we're comfortable with. But that's not what he's asking for. He says all. You started by reading um, Romans chapter 12 and it couches our subject matter today very, very adequately. It says that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. That's a contradiction in terms. Sacrifices don't live. Sacrifices are sacrifices because they shed blood, their blood. And the life of the blood, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Mm -hmm. All right? But God says that you're a living sacrifice. Which tracks what Paul said. He said, I die daily. The Christian is that man who dies to self on a continual basis. Because it's not just that the sacrifice is killed and it sheds its blood. You also place the sacrifice where on the altar. Mm-hmm. And fire burns on the altar. The problem therefore for living sacrifices is when the altar gets hot, we'll crawl away. Mm-hmm. But what God said is you're a living sacrifice. That's when you're holy, that's when you're acceptable unto Him. And God says, that is the way it is supposed to be. That is your reasonable service. Then He says, do not allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. That's what verse 2 says. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, a constant renewing of your mind. What would that do? It would prove that which is good, that which is acceptable, that which is the perfect will of God. That's our problem. We allow the world to squeeze us into its mold. We sing because everybody around us is singing. Mm -hmm. We fall on our knees because, oh, Robert is falling on his knees. He's raising his hand, so let me... God forbid that someone would think less of me if I don't do what everybody is doing. It says, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. Can you stand up and be counted as a Christian? And that's what God demands. Mm-hmm. And until we get there, we're playing church. And God is not, doesn't play church.
1: He don't play games.
0: Mm-mm, he don't play. I guess when
1: I
2: read this scripture, I look at it as... The first thing, uh, by the mercies of God, it's nothing I do. Mm -hmm. It's nothing that I, the Lord gave me and you and everybody else favor and a chance to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to him because he's already given us all. He's already paid for all of our sins. He's already done the work. Victory is already in Him. And that's by the mercies of Him. Because hmm. I'm a sinner. I'm mm-hmm. a sinner. I mess up. And it's by His mercy He forgives me. And it's by His mercy it, it, by his, what he's done for me, I want to present my body the best that I can because I know that I'm going to fail as a holy and living sacrifice
1: to Him. Yeah, First, First uh, cl- uh, Corinthians. Six twenty.
0: Well, sir, before you go to 1 Corinthians, uh, the Bible translators did us a great favor by by giving the Bible chapters and verses. Mm -hmm. But the Bible was written as one long narrative. Mm -hmm. So when you come to chapter 12, it says, I beseech you, therefore. And one wise man said, whenever you see the word therefore, pause and look for what it is there for. So you go to chapter 11 and verse 36. It says, for from him and through him and to him are some things, right? Wrong. All All things. things. That's what Robert, uh, Robert said.
1: Right. All
0: he is the initiator of all things. We, are, we, we receive everything from him by divine donation. Mm-hmm. And God is now saying, as a result of all these things that you have received, present yourself a living sacrifice. God is not under any illusions that this is going to be difficult. As a matter of fact, the things that God commands that we do, do not admit to the categories of difficult and easy. Mm-hmm. God's commands are not easy. They are not difficult. They are impossible. Because there is no such thing as a living sacrifice. <laughs> sacrifice must be dead. Otherwise, you will crawl away from the altar. Right. But we are, you know, this species of humans that God has created. We are able because from him, through him, and to him are all things. We can't do it only because he said to do it, because he commanded it. And he Mm -hmm. already provided the way. Remember what we said. If the vision is from God, the provision will always follow. And he has done it. And it's just saying, what I have worked inside you, work it out.
2: And that's how we can get to verse 9 in the Romans 12 is, let your love be genuine hmm. or do not pretend to love mm-hmm. others. That's right.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: And uh, because, because I feel like a lot of people today can go and look at somebody and say, I love you. They don't mean it. But, but uh, are your actions actually showing that you love that person? Because yeah. are you actually going out of your way and hugging them or being there for them or praying for them or whatever the case may be? Because that's, what, that's, that's how I'm able to, by the mercies of God, he did it for me, so I should be able to do it for others. Yeah. And so that's what makes it hard because... Because I don't know about you, there are some people that just you get underneath your skin.
1: <laughs> well, l- lip service has become a part of society, right? Yes. And it's, I don't want your lip service. Yes. You know, God doesn't want our lip service. Lip service is nothing. It's just, it's just, lip service is self. Yes. You know, when you, when you dying to yourself daily and, and giving lip service well then you haven't really died to yourself correct
0: you know my my father used to say that everything makes sense until you start to think about the, about it there really is no such thing as lip service <laughs> it's lip talking yeah all right? It's Yeah, it is lip-talking. Yes. There is no service. That's true. I, I used to trick people up. You know, at ch- when we go to church on Sunday, and they would say, oh, how are you? And I would say, I'm not fine. <laughs> and they would say, good. And they walk away. <laughs> it is because we have become acculturated to verbiage. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my brother, how are you? Hallelujah. I am fine. I am blessed and highly favored. We just say those things. They mean absolutely nothing to us. And it is mm-hmm. sad. People will say, I love you. You don't. Sadie will say, don't tell me. Show me. Show me. That's right. Show me. Because talk is cheap. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing really as lip service. Mm-hmm. There's lip talking. Yeah. This no, whole no chapter is hard.
2: Sir. This whole chapter is hard. <laughs> this, 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 this whole chapter starts I encourage you that if you want to do a deep study in Romans 12, I spent a year teaching the young adults. Delaney Delaney said, why are we in Romans 12 still? Well, because I'm still learning in Romans 12 at, uh, at this point. And because do not return evil for evil, but return evil with good. How can I do that? Well, it's by the mercies of God. Because of what he's done for me is that I'm able to look at a person doing
1: evil to me mm. and showing him the love of Jesus back. Amen. When we talk about responsibilities toward God, and that's what the chapter is, it's like, like you say, right? The, the, you know, there's, there, there's a wisdom book, right? And it's, yeah. There's pretty deep. There's a lot of things in it. Yes. Well, our responsibilities toward God is pretty serious. And and it shouldn't be taken lightly. There should be a lot of stuff in there um, that really affects you, right? In in a way that uh, a lot of things don't. But
2: can I read one more scripture? Absolutely. Phil? Okay. Can you? I, I I may I read one more scripture <laughs> yes, you may. You can read all you want to because I I like. Hold on, i got to pull it up because there's a specific version of it. Uh, It's because I can... But uh, it's in verse 19 of Romans 12. It says, Do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And the reason why I say that is because the Lord wants everybody's heart. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you repay evil for evil, then you're just no better than that person. Vengeance is mine because the vengeance is he wants that person saved. And to leave room, if you don't leave room for the love of Jesus and show that love and let your love be genuine and represent yourself as the Christian content, that person may never see Jesus again and just say, you're just like the rest of them. You're just like the rest of us. And, and so, I look at this, and then in verse 20, it says, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And... And in today's society, it's hard to heap burning coals on somebody's head. Because you just want to, you, 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 this person disrespected you, this person disrespected your spouse, your friend. You're going to tell them like it is. But then the Lord is there to check me, just speaking for me, saying, no, I want you to heap burning coals on their head. I want you to show them my love because my love covers a multitude of sins my love forgave them because just like it's forgiven you and by the mercies of god i'm to renew my
1: mind mm-hmm. oh, and so romans 12 <laughs> but if you if you do it the other way though right if you do it you're like, you're not surrendering yes you're so you're not you know you're not taking those thoughts captive you're not surrendering it. Yes. You're, you're taking it and running with it your way, your own way. Correct.
0: You know, again, you come back to the, the necessity to, to look at what we're looking at, to listen to ourselves. Words communicate meaning. Mm-hmm. In many places in Scripture, when God makes a statement, a declarative statement, the corollary of that statement is also true. He says, vengeance is mine. What is the corollary? Vengeance is not yours. Yeah. All right? One thief does not have a right to point the finger at another thief. All right? It's just the difference between you is the difference between six and half a dozen. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if I do not have a right to point the finger at you, because we are the same, what it means is we're both beggars. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just happen to find the place where bread is. And my duty must be to take you there. Yep. Because if I don't do that, if I don't do that, I am saying you're not worthy of bread. Right. Right. You're not worthy of bread because you're nasty to me. You deserve a bit of nastiness back. And God says, that's my office, not yours. If any of us goes to the White House today and we sit in the president's, you won't even get there. Yep. All sure. right? You won't get. But if by some stroke of ingenuity you are able to get there, you will still not be the president of the United States. You'll be the president of the state of denial. <laughs> None of the United States. And you will end up in a a bad place. Vengeance is the Lord's. It's never ours. And Mm -hmm. it's part of surrender. Can I give the rough edges of my life to God? Do I trust him when I cannot trace him? When injustice comes my way, when I am treated poorly, when I do not deserve the accusations that I get, can I trust him? with those rough edges, that the judge of all the earth will do right. Mm -hmm. Can I trust him? Absolutely.
1: The submission, you know, I want to talk about the word surrender because we need to know what that word really means and the origin of the word surrender comes from sir s-u-r, S-U-R mm-hmm. meaning over
0: yep.
1: and render r-e-n-d-r-e right e-r or e-r yes mm-hmm. meaning to give back we have to give something give up hand it over to surrender nobody surrenders a war and does it hand it over and to surrender is a yield to power (laughs) control and possession possession to give up completely is to surrender and it's used you know as an action of yielding One person or giving up the possession of something into the power of another to God. It's also a, a, a like word, a synonym of surrender is to turn in, to deliver to an authority and to hand it over. So when we surrender to God, all things to him, and he becomes the full authority of our lives, Full authority. He's the ruler. He's the owner. He's the Lord. He's the master. We have to turn it in our old mind, our heart, our desires, our objectives, and take his. When you turn in a car and you go trade a car, right, you don't get to keep the things that you want. Hey, I like the wheels from this car. I want to keep those. Mm -hmm. Hey, and I like the gear shifter in this car. I want to keep it. And maybe take the steering wheel. I want to keep that, too. You're turning it in. You don't get to keep it. You're getting something new. And and I think that's what really strikes me about the word surrender. Um, And really understanding what does it mean in full context? Surrender. I've got to give it up. I've got to turn it completely over. I can't keep part of it. I can't keep the 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 rough edges that i like and that i want i'm giving it all to him
2: or we don't want to give up saying lord i want to keep on to this because because it's my anxiety or my sin or whatever the case may be i don't i don't want to give it up because i like doing it it's a full surrender
1: yeah and and so when we turn in our old self right we don't get to pick up those those pieces we have to surrender all we have to let it go we have to let go of the past we can't keep we can't keep parts of it we have to let go of the desires the relationships the resentfulness the bitterness that we that we want to hold on to because that person really hurt us just what we talked about we've got to let it go the addictions the lust of the flesh the worry the control that you want to keep, the money, what we talked about while ago, you know, and, and really what most of us struggle with is we've got to let go of our future and follow the future that God has. I think what, that's where a lot of us struggle with, with looking at myself, right? is when i say i want to surrender my life to you god and submit my life to you that future well where does it fit it doesn't if it's not what god has for you it doesn't fit you know the the worry that we have matthew 6:34 tells us Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have its own problems, right? Or its own worries. We can't keep worrying about what's coming. We have to trust. That's what you spoke of, right? I have to trust God in all things for all my life. All. That's what surrender means to me. And I don't know that I knew those things before looking into this study.
0: You know, there is, there is such a thing as a temporary suspension of ethics. By that I mean, you're driving, you know you're supposed to stop when the lights turn red. mm mm-hmm. But suppose there's some construction work going, you know, on the road you're traveling, and there's a police officer, and the light turns red, and he waves you by. (laughs) Do you pass or do you not? Of course you pass. You listen to him. You have broken the law, but you have not broken the law. There are times in our lives when we have a rightful, all right?, a rightful access to something when ordinarily we should hang on to those things because they're right and they're true to be talked about wrongly especially when you have not done something wrong and you're accused to your face or behind your back that you did something that you did not do there is such a thing as a righteous indignation that rises within you what do you do with that? How do you surrender such situations to God? In the church that I referenced earlier, um, um, Household of God Fellowship, I was, I was a much, much younger person then. You're talking about the 80s. And by the grace of God, I had done well for myself. I had money. I lived in a gated community. Um, Things were good for me. And because I was not married and I was not seeking, you know, marriage, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends, female, male. They just came to my house all the time. They hung out at my house because on Friday evenings, we would go and do night vigil. We pray, you know, um, until the next day, Friday to Saturday. And over a period of time, stories were swirling around me about the um, worship director with girls in his house. And obviously, I did not like the story. So I went to the pastor's office. I wanted to talk to him. And as I waited, there was this gentleman who also needed to talk to pastor for counseling, went to pastor for counseling. For some reason, he started to talk to me. He was sharing with me. And when, after he was done talking, I started talking to him. And when we were done, he said, can you pray with me? I said, yeah, sure. So we prayed. He picked up his Bible and he said he was leaving. I said, you're not talking to pastor again. He said, God has just spoken to me. Hmm. When he left, I felt like somebody puked all over me. Hmm. Because God seemed to say, you see, You always tell me you want to be a Christian without a reputation. That used to be my prayer. You're lying to me. Hmm. The reason you have come to waste your time is because you want to defend your reputation. You could talk to somebody else, but you can't talk to yourself. I cried as I left that day. And I know that began... A new walk in my life when it still mattered what you said about me, but it mattered less Mm -hmm. what you said. So that if you said that I was God junior, I didn't have, I didn't develop a swollen head. If you said I was Satan's quarterback, it didn't affect me too much, but it affected me until that time. Because I had a legitimate reason to sit with this man and say, these are the things that I'm hearing about me. You need to announce, you need to talk to these people to stop it. And I said, no, that's not the way we do it. Can you deal with it? Can you live with it? Or must I wash you clean of all these accusations before I am God? God cried and i'll never forget it until the day that i died many many such stories and what i did not realize was that that was a setup by god for a future that was ahead of me i can't begin to tell you the many things that have happened to me in youngstown can't begin to tell you but those things happened i am still standing because he warned me in the 80s and it wasn't easy It's not easier now, but I know whom I've believed. Right. And it matters less and less what you think because I'm playing the game of my life to the audience of one. Yes. If he says I'm playing it good, you don't matter. That's right. You don't matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The audience of one. It's the only one that matters. And and we've talked about the audience of one in, in several different times, and you know, when we talk about praising God and in worship service and what people say about you and what people think about you, and it doesn't matter. It matters what God thinks about you.
0: What God knows about
1: you. Yes.
2: Okay, as you were talking, I uh, I hear a le- everything that I've been through in years past and things like that too. Is that I want I wanted to defend my my reputation. I wanted to go to pastor, and and defend myself and, and say that these allegations aren't true and everything like that. And just like you. The Lord stopped me in in my tracks and said, why are you defending yourself? You already know they're not true. I know they're not true. Your character will show others that they're not true. And you walk for me. And I stopped. And from that point on, I dropped everything i don't care what I, I didn't care what what was going on in that situation i didn't care what what they said or what they did because they did say a lot of hurtful things that they that that wasn't true right. and uh still going through the effects of some of those and this is even going with between delaney and i because like because it there was a lot of accusations and things like that, that people wanted to say. And the Lord stopped me in my tracks and said, you don't need to defend yourself. And right there, I stopped and I let, just kept doing what the Lord's telling me to do and not worrying what, what other people say and what other people do. And I had to, I had to learn that lesson. I had to learn that lesson the hard way because, because that hard way was, was, <laughs> I don't recommend that for anybody because I, I thought I was, I, I needed to defend myself. I needed to get up and I needed that and I needed to be humbled. That's what I needed. And vengeance is not yours. And the vengeance is not mine, as we talked about. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they say or what they do. Correct. And so, as you were talking, I was like, man, I can relate, Kay. I can relate. I can relate. I can relate. I didn't get as close as sitting because the Lord was like, if you go, you're going to say everything and I don't want you to go. So I'm just going to hit you right now in your home <laughs> and say, Stop. I'm going to correct you. Stop.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I had public office, so I thought, well, it was incumbent of me to set the record straight so that, you know, if the pastor talked about it from the pulpit, uh, there would be credible doubt in the minds of certain people. Mm-hmm. and But that was not the way the, the Lord wanted to have it. He knew how to get to me. Um, yeah. I could talk to someone and they received counsel from mm-hmm. me, but I could not talk to myself. Mm-hmm. Even though I had been counseled by the Lord, that shamed me. And it changed the trajectory of my life. Today, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter. It matters that I know that I am in the will of God for my life right now. Right now.
1: Nothing else matters.
0: Nothing else matters. Mm -mm. Nothing else matters. The question is, am I doing what he has called me to do right now? Yep. Am I doing it faithfully? Correct. Mm-hmm. Do I have to report to you? Am I surrendered to him enough to say, Lord, you are enough for me? I cannot trace you. What you're doing to me does not make sense. Because the pain of false accusation is real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When God dissuades you from talking to someone, you go home and you cry. I don't want you to ask me, do I love God? No, I hate him. Because what you're doing to me is just not right, Lord. But you will continue to do that until he points you to the cross. Mm -hmm. What do you do when God does not make sense? What kind of a God puts the people he loves in harm's way? The God who saw his son hanging on the cross because he saw you, and he saw you, and he saw me. Mm -hmm. And he deemed us worthy of life. And vicariously, he let his son die so that you and I will not. That is who. Yes. That is who says, can you take this for me? Am I worth it to you? Am I worth it? When I don't make sense. When I don't make sense. Am I trustworthy?
1: Yeah. We have to acknowledge God. A couple of things that I wrote down here is acknowledging God.
0: In all our ways. All our ways. Proverbs
1: chapter 3. What does it mean? What does it mean? Acknowledge God. Yeah, I, I know that God created all things. No, that's not. Recognizing the rights of God and his authority over our lives. That's what we talked about a while ago. To express the gratitude to him. Recognize him as genuine God, creator of all things. Acknowledging God is that acknowledgement.
0: Yeah, to acknowledge God is to live Coram Deo. In his presence, before his face. There are things you would not do because you're standing in the presence of someone who has authority over you. Does God possess that authority? Do I love him enough to not just say, yeah, I acknowledge him, he's there, but to alter my thinking and my doing because I am standing in the presence of majesty himself. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a question of worth. When When we come to worship service, again, you go back to, are we thinking about the words that we use? It's called worship service. And you see your Christian brothers singing, All hail the name of Jesus. Let angels prostrate fall. And you have your hands in your pocket. Hmm. It's all right for the angels to prostrate in His presence, but for you, you just sedate like that. You you put your hands in your pocket. The word worship means kabod or kavod, which means weight. What does God weigh in your estimation? How heavy is He in your estimation? And if you don't acknowledge that, you will live the way you have always lived. And you will leave your worship experience the way you have always left it. It will always be the same thing. There will be no change. I patently believe that your life cannot remain the same if you have an encounter with God. Mm -hmm. But that encounter will never be possible until He is acknowledged. We're not to acknowledge him in some of our ways. All. In all our ways, and he will direct our paths. Again, go to corollary. If he directs my path, guess who is not directing my path? Me. You. I am not doing it. Mm-hmm. But what is the truth? Is it, is it he who directs my path? Or is it I? That is the question.
1: Well, the answer is, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh,
0: I live flesh, by the faith of the Son of God,
1: who gave himself for who? For me. For me. Mm-hmm. Galatians two twenty. Um, it's no longer me. When I acknowledge just what we talked about, I acknowledge God, and I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I submit to God. It's no longer me. And if it is, then I haven't surrendered. Acknowledgement of God. And we have to pray. Not only asking for God, God for something when you need it. God, I I can't pay my rent payment this month. Help me out. Well, where was you the last 29 days? Praying to God, talking to God, opening a line of communication with God. Renewing and refreshing the mind, taking the thoughts captive. You know, Pastor James has been talking about that. We've been talking about it in Breaking Chains. We're going to talk about it this Friday because we're at the <laughs> helmet of salvation. That
2: protects your
1: mind. Yes. <laughs> we, we have to take those thoughts captive. We have to renew that mind. We have to we cap, capture those things and stop. Because if not, we haven't renewed. studying and meditating on god's word it's not it's not really a choice if we're submitting all to god it's a requirement i like this one say what god's say what god says say what god's word says because when you study and know his word the holy spirit's going to reveal things to you to speak in the times that you need to speak. He teaches you when you allow him, when you're a babe in Christ, (laughs) just as the mother and father taught us how to speak and utter words and then sentences and then phrases. We have to allow, We we have to give it over. and worship I had this on my list worship because it's just what you said and I couldn't say it any better listen to the spirit and do what the spirit says I mean those are those are kind of my bullet points but it all starts with the acknowledgement of God when we when we surrendering and give up the control and that's really the thing you got to give up because that's that's the biggest thing that people don't want to let go of they don't want to let go of the control they don't trust god enough to give control of their life to him because then i can't i can't control it you're right that's the whole purpose but everything that we keep from god Everything that we keep from God is space that he can't fill when we surrender.
0: Well, let me make it sound worse. Everything that you keep from God is reserved for the devil.
1: Oh yeah, amen.
0: Everything that you keep from God Satan takes by default. Mm-hmm. I see somebody doing a time check, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, youth and kids are going to start here in like 15 minutes or so, so. Okay. That was just our little uh, warning.
1: Time check warning. We've only been here for an hour and 23 minutes. Yeah, we started <laughs> when
2: the sun was out. It's now dark. <laughs> well, it's not dark. <laughs>
0: I have spotlights on me <laughs>
1: <laughs> um just my closing comments, and then uh go around the room around the table around the upper room, the table in the upper room i just last two verses or last verse of scripture two verses. Lamentations 3, and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We have to surrender every day. Every time the enemy puts a thought in our mind about worry, doubt, Fear, desire, frustration, or whatever it is, take it captive. Give it to God
0: mm-hmm.
1: right then. Don't stew on it. Don't brew on it. Stop. Let it stop you in your tracks. Surrender. God, this is yours, it's your battle.
2: I, uh, I'm just grateful and thankful that even when we don't, uh, surrender all his mercy and grace still covers us to that next morning that you said, it doesn't, it's not like he takes his mercy and grace away saying, Nope, you failed. You lost. You're done or else we all be dead. (laughs) And, uh, I'm so thankful that he's always there. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. Mm -hmm. And it makes me want to surrender more and more to him every day. And if I could just get a little bit closer than what I was today, tomorrow, and keep, and keep pursuing and keep, because he keeps my path straight. He keeps, uh, he's the light unto my feet and the uh, the lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. There we go. Uh, he lights my way, mm-hmm. and I just want to follow him. And we have an audience of one, just like Kay said. And yes. I'll give it to Kay.
0: Um, well, the the encouraging thing is, um, just like you said, God's not finished with us yet. Yes. Thank and, you, Lord. Um, it says, to, to all who are joined to the God of the living, there is hope. Um, you quoted Lamentation 3. I believe it's also Lamentation 3 that says, The Lord is my portion, saves my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Um, the one thing that God has given us is hope. We can, we can have a redo. Um, one wise man said, If you don't like what you see, hang in there. He said, the Lord is in the kitchen and I am in the oven. The Lord is cooking on me. And when the time is right, the Lord will come take me out of the oven and he will say, well done. Good and faithful servant. Um, As long as we don't give up hope, the hope which is the anchor for our souls. We will get there by and by. Um, Before the summons comes that takes us home, we will get there. God will ensure that we get there. That's why Paul could say, I am confident of this very thing. And what's the thing you're confident of? He said, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it or fulfill it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until that day comes, Let's keep trudging. Let's keep trusting. Uh, We have no guarantees that God will make sense. But I have no right to judge God by my logic. But because my logic did not find him, he found me. I did not choose him. He chose me. And because he chose me, he knows the reason why he chose me. So I cannot be the one who determines the cause of my life. The mandate is his. He gives it to me, and I obey. And the more I obey, the more he shows me. So let's keep trudging. Let's keep trusting.
1: Yep. Thank you. Uh, Thank you both Mm -hmm. for being here today. Uh, Who wants to close in prayer? you open in prayer? Okay, you want to close us in prayer? I'd
0: love to. Father, we thank you. You are worthy. Yes. And it is impossible to plumb the depths of your wisdom and to see exactly what it is that you have for us. But we know this one thing. We know we're loved. Yes. And because we are, we can risk loving others. We know that you're all powerful, and because you are, we can trust you, Mm -hmm. even when we don't see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We know that you saved us on six occasions, and that because you did, you will not abandon us on the seventh occasion. We know you're faithful to complete everything that you began. You started this race for us. You are sustaining us in this race. And this race will not be successfully completed without you. So, Lord, we trust you today and tomorrow and the days that will follow. Yes. Asking you, O God, to lead us step by step and stop by stop by your Spirit. Sometimes your word will be a lamb. At other times, it will be a light. Whether it is a lamb that helps us step, where we can see just that speck, or a light that allows us to see a spectrum, may we trust you, Lord. May we know that you are God in every situation. Thank you because you saved us with such a great salvation. And you're sustaining us with your great love. May we return the favor by loving you, by listening to you, and by doing your will. Not just for our lives, but helping others around us fulfill their callings in you. Thank you, you, Father, for what you've done in our midst tonight. Thank you for what you will yet do. We give you glory and we give you praise. In Jesus' name I ask these things And God's people said, Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, guys. Till the next time, we'll see everybody on the next Breaking Chains podcast. Pastor, have a great rest of your week. Yes, you too. Kay, have a great rest of your week.
0: You too.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Breaking Chains. Be sure to head on over to our website at breakingchains.com. ME, that's breakingchains.me and see all the good things that's going on over there. If you need prayer, you can submit your prayer request over there as well. And if you haven't done so, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and daily devotions so that you can receive everything that the Lord gives us to share with you. Until the next time, God bless us all with the strength to break those chains.